Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap of the Safeway Open. And joining me to break it all down is Greg Ducharme. And Greg, we are in the midst of one right now because we've got three guys tied at the top of the leaderboard. We've got six within a shot. We've got 11 within two shots, and we've got 17 golfers within three shots of the lead. We're, this is one of those situations. Oh, good evening, by the way. But this is one of those situations where it's almost it's difficult to to follow the action because you you feel like these players you're not seeing a lot of them maybe from time to time, and then all of a sudden they're within one of the lead or they're tied for the they they just jump and rocket ship up uh, rocket ship up the leaderboard um, because it's so tight, it's so jam packed, so very very interesting to watch. And I mean. How far back is too far back, Rick? I, mean, I got to think that I got to think a guy like Kevin Streelman is still in the mix. A, a Pat Perez, maybe some of these guys that that are even at, at twelve under, where you have Brendan Steele who owns this place, Charles Schwartz. I mean, you got to figure there's at least twenty guys in the mix. There was a round of sixty four. There were a handful of sixty fives and sixty sixes out there. I mean, I, I don't know what too far back is. We'll do our best. We're just trying to cover some of these guys. We obviously can't get to all of them. Uh, Cameron Percy, who is uh, going out and sitting at a sixteen under par, he shot a sixty eight in round three, looking for his first PGA Tour victory. Greg, this guy turned pro. 10 years after I was born, he turned pro 1998. Okay. So I'm, I'm just impressed. And I think he's, I think he's been on the PGA tour for like nine or 10 years. So I'm just impressed uh, that he's been able to even stay around this long. It's hard to retain your card. It's hard to stay relevant, but it would be his first career victory if he could close it out on Sunday. Well, the, the, you mentioned how hard it is to stay relevant. Um, He doesn't have a season on the PGA tour with a, a million dollars of earnings, his highest, his largest earnings for a year um, is back in 2017 at $623,000 for his career. He's only had one season with more than one top 10. Um, it, it, clearly a lovely player to, to be able to stay relevant, as you said, to be able to, to stay on the PGA tour for this amount of time. Um, but it's been, it hasn't been an easy road, right? He doesn't necessarily get a lot of events every year. He bounces back and forth between uh, the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, and, you know, he's, he's got, I would say, at least four or five starts uh, every year on the, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, and last year he had 13 starts on that tour. So he's a guy who hasn't played a lot on the PGA Tour. He's been forced to play a lot. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see what he can do tomorrow. Um, Because in this one week, I mean, this one week would create his best season uh, as far as dollars earned on the PGA Tour. 
he he and they interviewed him on the coverage after this uh, or after his round, excuse me. And uh, I, I don't know who it was who was doing the interview, but he was like, "This is a life changing moment for you." And Cameron Perch was like, "Yeah, like yeah, it is. This is career defining." And I'm like, "Wow, you know, usually these guys say, ah, you know, I'm just gonna go out and play golf tomorrow. I'm gonna, uh, you know, do my best." He was like, "No, this is like career defining uh, stuff." He he's lived in that. 140 to 175 range in the FedEx Cup standings, Greg. So he's like always kind of bouncing down, coming back up. He's a true journeyman, I guess is the way to put it. It's a stressful range to live in. Uh, It's extremely stressful. So, um, but you know, the thing that he has going for him, I guess, is he, he does have an area of his game that's strong. And, and that's his approach game. And last year on the PGA Tour, he was 22nd approaching the green. And it's going pretty well. He's hit a lot of greens so far this week. Um, but this week, the thing that has impressed me most, I would say, is um, is his par 5 play. He's been 10 under on the par 5s. And he hasn't yeah. made a lot of – he's made three bogeys for the week. So you handle the par 5s and keep, um, keep bogeys off the card. And he's going to be right there tomorrow if he could do that. I mean, if you could pencil him in for four – four under on the par fives, which sounds crazy, but he's been at least three under every day so far on the, on the par five. So if he could do that, avoid bogeys, maybe make a couple of putts. I mean, he's got a real chance. Brian Stewart also at 16 under. He's part of this three-way tie for first. Now with rounds of 67, 67, 66 at the Safeway Open. And Brian Stewart only has one PGA Tour victory. It was the 2016 Zurich, Greg, which was the last year before this flipped over to the team event. So last time it was held as an individual event, Brian Stewart was your winner. Not a very long hitter on the PGA Tour. Has to get it done a lot of different ways. And he's getting it done here at Silverado. Uh, he's one of those guys that, I mean, I, I consider him to be a short neck giraffe. You mentioned the, the length. <laughs> he hits a lot of fairways. He's very accurate. He's over 70% of his fairways, which gets you inside the top 10 um, just about every year. Last year, that, that was third on the PGA Tour. Um, and, and it's so funny, those guys that are typically very accurate usually don't have a lot of high finishes, but he can pop up. And unlike, um, uh, unlike Cameron Percy, you do see him uh, record some more top tens. I mean, he, the past three years, he's had at least two um, in 2018. He had three top tens, three in 19 and two last year um, in, in of course a shortened year. So he has reached the million dollar mark in each of the past three seasons. So um, maybe a little more familiar with the lead, but still, he is what what you and I have talked about a lot. He's he's a popper. He, he certainly is another guy who's been a professional for 15 years now. And then James Hahn completes this trio at the top of the leaderboard, 68, 65, and then a 67 in round three. And we've got Cam Percy, zero PGA Tour wins. We've got Brian Stewart, one PGA Tour win. So, of course, James Hahn has two PGA Tour victories, the 2015 Northern Trust and the 2016 Wells Fargo. And James Hahn, uh, he's like the definition of a popper, but he he is uh, he does not lack self-confidence Greg he thinks he is the man yeah you mentioned his swing thought earlier I'm the, I'm the best player in the world <laughs> that's and, a nice way to, I that's love, a nice way to put it <laughs> that's a nice way to put it this is a family show as you know um, but but the thing I love about that Rick we talk about this at, at the academy all the time what you tell yourself doesn't have to be true you just have to believe it and it speaks to that self-confidence. And when you can convince yourself that you're capable of doing things, you often find out 
that you are. So another thing we say at the academy is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And when you think you're the best player in the world, it's going to have a, a big impact on, on your confidence and a big ability. And it doesn't have to be true. So it, it's not an arrogance thing. It, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I love the self-confidence. And that's how you get to a place like Riviera and have the success he's had there. He's definitely got to watch out for at the Genesis Open next year because uh, he seems to love that place. Um, and then the Wells Fargo, another big-time golf course where he's able to get the job done. So James Hahn, not afraid of holding a trophy at the end of the week. Um, and and he is a guy you really got to look out for because he's hitting the ball really nicely, too. He's hit a lot of greens, at least 15 greens in all three rounds. And when you have four par fives and you're hitting that many greens, that's a ton of birdie opportunities. And uh, it, it definitely bodes well. It, it's so interesting. You know, when we came into this week, we said it's wide open. I think we actually said something like there's 80 guys that could win this golf tournament. A lot of these guys who... Uh, you know, they, they might enter a PGA tour field and, and not necessarily think they have a chance, uh, but, but more so look at it this week and, and, and lick their chops as a big opportunity because of the way that the field is constructed. And we're, we're not only seeing that from journeyman, Greg, but we're seeing it from these young guys as well. I mean, Sahith Thigala, he goes out, shoots the round of the day and eight under 64 flies up the leaderboard. He's currently in a tie for 12th through, uh, through three rounds. And then Ak- Akshay Batia is, is another guy who is uh, that tall, lanky lefty uh, who, who's both of the, both of them trying to make their name on the PGA tour using this as a really big opportunity to start the 2020, 2021 season. So Heath uh, is, is a player from Pepperdine and, and Kyle and I talked about him a little bit on Thursday, uh, extremely impressive player, uh, extremely accomplished college player. And he is a, one of those guys who's competed with the Colin Morikawa's, the Matthew Wolves um, and, and the Victor Hovland's and, and he believes he can compete. And I, I mean, it just speaks to the, um, the college game and where it is and the effect that it has on the PGA tour, because these kids come out and they're ready to go. And he, they're they're They are not afraid of the moment. Um, Akshay is a little bit different to me, Rick, because he decided not to go to college. He took a lot of heat for it, a lot of criticism, uh, some of which came from myself. And part of that is, well, look at what Sahith's doing. Look at what, um, look at what these other young, young kids are doing coming right out of college. They're ready to go. And that year or two years in college preps you. So yeah. he took heat for that decision and, and he can prove everybody wrong. He could prove a lot of people wrong with a, a great week this week and a couple more to follow. Cause it gets you that much closer to, um, to getting a special temporary exemption on tour. And once you get there, all of a sudden, I mean, you, you essentially have your card and your chances of, uh, of becoming a PGA Tour player without having to deal with Corn Ferry Tour finals, without having to deal with, um, with, with the change back and forth, without having to wonder where you're going to play next year, all that goes away. And all of a sudden, he can become a PGA Tour player. So big week for him. This is, I feel like we talk about this a lot on this podcast where we talk about, hey, it's really hard to get your card. The guys coming out of college are so ready. The guys coming off the Corn Ferry Tour are so ready. I feel like it's going to be even more exposed this year because we didn't get the graduates, right? Like there's going to be so many guys just like all hanging around the Corn Ferry Tour. Like Will Zalatoris on the Corn Ferry is going nuts, finishing in the top 20 every single week. Like how often are we even going to see him or when are we going to see him on the PGA Tour? You look at the women's side of things, Greg. I mean, we've got the ANA 
light inspiration going on right now. And you have the most recent U.S. women's amateur winner and runner-up also contending over there. That's Rose Zhang. That's uh, Gabrielle Ruffles. They are in contention. I mean, this is not just the men's game that is dealing with everyone being so young and everyone being so good. Well, I, I think they all feed, even in the women's game, and they, they're they're watching the men's game. And we've had a chance uh, on a new breed of golf on, over on SiriusXM to talk to uh, Mike Wan, talk to LPGA Tour players. We did it every week during the, um, during the quarantine when there was no golf to be played. And they talked about how they watch some of the guys on the PGA Tour, and they learn from that. And, and if you were a fan of the game and you're watching young players like, Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovland have the success that they have. And even before that, you're talking about Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas, these, these young guns coming out of college and having such success, it gives you confidence. Whether you're in uh, on the uh, women's game or the men's game, you say, okay, hey, I, I can do this too because I was at the same level they were um, just, a, just a year later. So why not me? And that's the attitude everybody has. Um, it's interesting, Rick, about that the log jam you talk about because you you feel like um, there there's not that graduating class. There's yeah. always just this backup, and you wonder where it's going to go. And then you add to that this fall se- the fall season where a lot of the guys get starts on PG on the PGA Tour. A lot of the guys in the 125 to 150 have the ability to play, and even guys outside of that, Corn Ferry Tour players. There are players that get more opportunities in the fall. But this fall, you have two majors. And, and that means not only is it two weeks that you, um, in theory, would lose, it's the prep for it. And right. more of the big names are going to play leading into uh, a Masters to get their game ready. And they may add an extra event. So it's going to be very interesting to see. And I don't think this backlog is a one-year thing. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of sort itself out. The game of golf is so good right now, and it's going to be good for a long time with the with the talent that we've got and the talent that we're going to have. Um, I want to try to figure out who the heck is going to actually win this golf tournament, uh, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. All right, Greg. Uh, absolute log jam at the top. We have the three-headed monster, Brian Stewart, James Hahn, Cameron Percy. They are, of course, some of the uh, betting favorites to close this out on Sunday. Brian Stewart, actually your favorite at five and a half to one. Sam Burns, who's one shot off the lead, he's six to one. And then you get Hahn and Percy at six and a half to one. But I feel like, and you know, shout out Kyle Porter, we've got an Oklahoma State kid one shot off the lead, Christopher Ventura, who uh, he, he went out on Saturday in something. I want to pull this up because he eagled, I want to say nine. He went out in 30. He went out in six under 30 with an eagle on nine. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be another Oklahoma State kid holding the trophy on Sunday. Like he's very much in contention here. Seven threes on his first nine. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty good. That, that, that is uh, impressive. Maybe a little disappointing on 13 and 15, but, but he's definitely going to bed happy with uh, birdie and 18 to get in on even, even for the backside. So great round of golf. He's in the mix. What a golf swing he has uh, and, and incredibly impressive player. Uh, are you thinking he's the guy this week? No, <laughs> I'm not. I, I think it would be great. I, I would love it if he won. Um, I actually have some DraftKings exposure to him. I love his game. I nice. love I love the story. Like, I, I would like that. I, I, you know, we do this every week. I don't think he models as a guy that projects well on Sunday. I'll tell you, the, the, guy, who, the guy who does, Greg, um, 
and he's won here before, it's Emiliano Grio. He's basically the yeah. only guy within striking distance who's not gaining a ton of strokes putting. Now, he he doesn't, right? He's actually putting uh, to field average this week, which is great for him. And if he can go out and he can do that one more day, uh, he might put himself right in the – I mean, he is in the thick of this. He's only two shots back. He's won here before. He shot a 65 on Saturday, and he's 12-1. to 1. He would be the guy, if you made me make one bet – um, I'd hate to watch it because watching him putts like watching Hideki putt. It's painful, but I, he, I think he would be the one I'd click. Um, it, it's interesting and I, I like it, but he's let me down so many times because I'm, <laughs> I'm such a big fan. So I, and, and I love the, the same things that you see. So I, I have played Emiliano a lot in the past and, um, and I've been let down. And I feel like it's the it's like the Sergio Garcia effect. So, but you know, this week he's playing well, clearly, uh, and he's he's clearly putting. Um, I would say well for him, but he's not the guy that I'm looking at. The guy, the the one guy. If I had to choose one guy, I think this is Sam Burns tournament Ooh. tomorrow. I really do. I, I think he. Uh, you look at this round today that he played, yeah. and it was just it was a sluggish start. He grinded it out. He fought his way through and the the birdie at 17 even even the end of the round is so disappointing for him to make pars on 16 and 18, but he kind of writes the ship with that birdie at 17 and it, it which was a nice a, a really nice wedge shot, a really nice short putt, a great read and it kept him in it. And if he leaves without making birdie at 17 there Mm. And and he doesn't birdie eighteen, then this round feels completely different. To shoot over par today is completely different. Okay, you might have convinced me on this. I, I I like this a lot too. So so Sam Burns, who he was, he had the he he set the pace through two rounds. It was fifteen under. We're only at sixteen under through three rounds. Yeah. Uh, for him to be in the fairway, he was in the fairway on both sixteen and eighteen. The two par fives at the end of your round that you that everyone is taking advantage of, and you make par on both is is it's inexcusable. Like you, you've got to take advantage of that. And it would be hard to believe he doesn't do that. You know, kind of two days in a row. And I will say this, Greg. Um, Odds makers agree with you. I mean, he's he's one shot off the pace, but he's the second uh, shortest odds. He's six to one. So they're also feeling similar things about this. Yeah, it's not the most fun bet because it's not long, right? It's not yeah. like this guy from way out of the pack, but I, I think he's going to close the deal. So you got to go with who you think is actually going to get it done. What I love about, I love the distance. He hits the ball. He's, he's going to give himself so many chances on, on just the par fives. I mean, you can almost pencil him in this week. And despite today's round, which was poor, this is his bad round. He he plays a bad Saturday round, yet here he is one off the pace, which does a couple things. It relieves that final group pressure. It relieves that co-lead pressure. Um, and yet you're still right there. And when you have the finish on this golf course with three birdie holes um, ending the tournament, you, you got to be within uh, just within striking distance and you always have a chance. And I like the guy who hits it off the tee the way he hits it off the tee. So I, I think he's my guy. Not the most fun bet, um, but but I, I think it's his tournament. Uh, I don't know if you heard this. It was right at the end of the coverage. Did I hear he's going back out with Harry Higgs again on Sunday? Was it Higgs and Burns? I, I, I believe it is. Uh, what did they? Because um, they would be, let's see. Here. Yeah, they so would, it's. I think Stewart and Han, Percy and, and Ventura, because Ventura was in first, and then Burns and Higgs. Um, Burns and Higgs together. 
Yeah. Okay. Which they, they were making the, you know, the argument, Hey, this is, you know, it's a, it's kind of a comfortable pairing, especially for a couple of young guys being able to play together Saturday and Sunday, kind of keep that vibe going. Now, you know, they were two under combined on Saturday, so they might need to make a few more birdies on Sunday if they want to win this. But I, I thought that was an interesting little footnote that I didn't want to, I didn't want to forget about. Yeah, it's, it is. And it's important because it, it is a comfortable group and, uh, and Harry seems to be a guy that, and they said this on the broadcast, seems to be a guy that everybody loves to play with. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. And I think being in that uh, one shot off the lead spot for both Harry Higgs and, and Sam Burns, you're kind of feeling uh, like, like you, you feel like you have to go get it. You don't feel like there's a decision. Should I play safe or should I go get it? You have to go get it. And when you are the driver of the golf ball that Sam Burns is, he's going to have the opportunity to do it. And he's a good putter, too. Historically, um, if you look at him in, in his statistics on the year from 2020, he's a really good putter and a really good driver. And, um, and I think those two things bode well on Sunday. If you think making par on 18 is bad, shout out to Siwoo Kim. The odds on favorite to win this golf tournament on Thursday, making a triple bogey eight on 18. He shoots a 77, which is five over par, and he's currently in a tie for 67th. Not a good day for old Siwoo. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I, I feel like this can, this can happen. Shaking that can... ass. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe he said that every time he, it's, it's just beautiful. Um, but see who can do that. He can make some big, didn't he do this at the American yeah, I mean, Express? This, he was going this along is, like six under through six and made an eight. Yeah. This is what he does. This is what he does. He is either the best player in the field uh, any given day, or he's the worst player in the field. This is so on brand for Siwoo. I just like I was yeah. scrolling through all the scores. I'm like, where'd Siwoo finish? Where? Scroll, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Oh, there he is down at the bottom. But I and then I clicked to see what happened, and he made a triple on 18, which is obviously not great. Ouch, ouch. Uh, all right, Greg. Last thing: How many guys can win this golf tournament? How far back are we going here? I mean, are the 13s in under. play? 12 under. Yeah, yeah. I think the 12s are in play uh, only because you have Brendan Steele back there, who's had so much success here. Is he? Is he the guy to do it? Uh, likely not. You got Charles Schwartzel there. We all know that he can close the tournament out. Um, I know it was a long time ago, but he birdied the last four holes at the Masters to win. So, um, uh, yeah, I look at the 12s and I think there's a chance, but you're probably, I, I probably wouldn't stretch any past that, and the 13s are probably much more safe. If the 12s are in play, that means 28 golfers are in play for Sunday. We're going to be back to break it all down with a final round recap pod. That right there, Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at TheRealGFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.